I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. It's awfully hard to say there's not a red wave when we can see it dripping. It's high noon for Monday, August 16th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator dot substack dot com and the merch site is www.cancelcouture.com. If your browser's not working, type in shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. Today is the 208th day of Barack Obama's third term, as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy fake proxy President Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You've spent the last nine months sitting on a box labeled Acme, and apparently you didn't realize it was going to blow up in your face, but now you're all covered in explosion like your Yosemite Sam, and you never saw it coming because you paid absolutely no attention to the details of your own very life. How did it happen, commies? How did we get here? Have you figured it out yet, commies? Have you figured out what you've done now? You're seeing the pictures out of Afghanistan. The media wants you to see the pictures. Isn't that interesting, commie? The media has turned against Joe Biden or so, it seems. And why would they do that? Oh, it's because they want to stay in Afghanistan. Got it. Why would they want to do that? Oh, because the military industrial complex wants to stay in Afghanistan. Yep, that's the reason. The intelligence community wants to stay in Afghanistan. Yep, that's the reason. So how in the hell is Biden pulling out? Huh, commies? Riddle me that. You can't answer that, though, can you? Why can't you answer it, commies? Because there is nothing in your interpretation of the world as superficial and brain dead as that is that would explain an event like this. Is there? You feel that, commies? That's the feeling of not even having a coherent story that someone else told you that you get to repeat. You have no path through this one, do you? But the truth is, you don't actually have a coherent path through any of your stories. You just never actually have to face the television telling you that your guy did something bad. They cover for him on the border. They're covering up a modern day slave trade, you commies, and you pay no attention because the television doesn't tell you. The television tells you it's racist to oppose open borders. 
Instead, you have a modern day slave trade on the border. What else are you supposed to call it, commies? You voted for a man who was mentored by a Klansman. That is a factual historical truth. Got it? On the border is a modern day slave trade. They are importing people from poor areas, poor communities in foreign countries. They are importing them across our border so that those people can be exploited for their cheap labor and their political power. What do you think slaves are, commies? You think it's okay because they get a little bit of money or because you can tell yourself with your great understanding of the world that surely wherever they left, they were facing such hardships that this is better. Yeah. Even if 50% of the women get raped on the way, even if a bunch of the children do, even if they're trafficked in by the cartels, even if they're trafficked after they're in by the cartels or hey. Could be by Democrat politicians who are engaged in the slave trade. Could be that, couldn't it, commies? What about the drug trafficking? What about all the Chinese fentanyl they bring in over the border? Is that a problem? Nah, that's not a problem. Because that's only killing white people in poor communities, right? Right, commie? That's where we are right now, isn't it? They don't tell you about that. The television doesn't tell you. So it's okay. Oh, that's just Joe being Joe. He's just out there doing some social justice on the world, making sure that none of those racists get to close the racist border. You morons. But what else is going wrong? Oh, the entire economy and inflation. How did that happen? Oh, the television didn't tell you that. So you don't need to figure out a story for that one. What's the story now, commies? What is it? Oh, it's Trump's fault because Trump wanted to leave Afghanistan. Okay, commie, riddle me this then. Do you want us in Afghanistan? Is 20 years long enough or do we need longer? What are we accomplishing over there, commie? Can you tell me? No, of course you can't because you have absolutely no idea what goes on anywhere in the world. You don't even know what goes on next door because you've been trapped inside for 18 months hiding behind your little mask and your little blanket, reading Molly Jong fast at the Daily Beast as she masturbates to Andrew Cuomo. What an utterly shameful set of ideas you all have adopted. Unbelievable what the Biden voters are responsible for and what they will be remembered for. It's insane. This is one of the most disastrous military and foreign policy disasters of all time. And who did it? Oh, Joe Biden did it. Why did Joe Biden do it? That's the question, isn't it? So Trump had planned out a conditions-based withdrawal from Afghanistan because he had decided that 20 years, in fact, was long enough or 19 years or whatever technicality you would like to to tag on to that. Joe Biden didn't want to do it, but said that he would do it just an extra four months after Trump was going to do it. And he scheduled it, the full withdrawal, for September 11th, 2021. Oh, the symbolism. It would be such a day, wouldn't it? 
Jen Psaki would tell you all how symbolic that day is. But kind of all happened before that, didn't it? Joe Biden hasn't been seen or heard from in days. He's supposed to come address the nation in a couple of hours. That's going to be pitiful. My God, I cannot even imagine what he is going to try. But it is going to go down in history as one of the most disgraceful presidential speeches that has ever occurred. And I don't even know what he's going to say yet. That's how bad it's going to be. So Biden reschedules things. Afghanistan, a mineral and resource rich nation, if only someone could extract it, right? Biden just clears the way for China to take over Afghanistan. The military industrial complex and the intelligence community who basically tell the media what to say all the time, along with the pharma companies, of course, they didn't want to leave Afghanistan. So what did they do? Joe Biden ordered the withdrawal from Afghanistan from his very legitimate position of totally real president. And it seems to me that the military brass, Lloyd Austin, Mark Milley, might have undermined this withdrawal to make it so bad so obviously bad that Biden would have no choice but to push the U.S. military right back in and spend trillions upon trillions more dollars, ending thousands upon thousands more lives to make up for this strategic blunder. And the reason I say that is because Lloyd Austin's spokesperson, some idiot named John Kirby, was giving a press conference on Friday, I believe. And he was asked repeatedly whether or not Lloyd Austin and the military brass had agreed with Joe Biden about his strategy for pulling out of Afghanistan. And John Kirby wouldn't answer the question. He said, oh, it would be inappropriate for me to share any details of Lloyd Austin's private conversations with the very legitimate president. And, you know, as far as answers go and excuses and covers go, it's not the worst one you could ever use. But if they agreed, wouldn't he just say it? Right? Wouldn't Kirby just confidently say, yes, the president and his top military advisors are uh, all united in their view that this is the path forward. He didn't say that. He didn't answer at all. He refused to answer the question. So you'd have to assume that Joe Biden actually doesn't have the support of his top military brass in this ridiculous move that he is making, handing over Afghanistan to the Taliban and to China. And by the way, we are already getting stories about how this might create the scenario, the situation, the conditions on the ground by which another September 11th might be accomplished. Isn't that incredible? Right away, we see something bad happen in the Middle East. Oh, we could have another September 11th. Depends on what the CIA and the FBI decide to do to us. But we could have another September 11th, you know, if they want it.
So we've got Joe Biden, who didn't want to follow Trump's policy, you know, because he has to do the opposite of everything Trump did, which is one of the dumbest strategic motivations of all time. And we can see how it's working now. But you can't imagine that he just wanted to cut and run like this, or maybe he did. I mean, he is fully compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. So want, I guess, is an irrelevant term in this scenario. But he delayed the exit. They were supposed to be out in May. He delayed it. So there's some part of him that wanted to stay in longer, right? The military brass and the intelligence community, they don't want to leave at all. So now the situation is a disaster. They couldn't have planned for this. Trump actually put out a statement today saying, like, there is no way in the world that any properly planned mission wouldn't have extracted all of these people trying to leave before the military left. They wouldn't have given them the bases and all the equipment. But it's what Joe Biden did. It's not a great thing for the country to have an illegitimate president, is it? These are the exact things that people like me were warning about 10 months ago, 11 months ago, a year and a half ago, when it was obvious that the Democrats were going to try to steal the election. What would be the outcome? All of this stuff, that's the outcome. Donald Trump was there to fix this deep state managed decline, this deep state surrender of the freest and most prosperous society in the history of man. And they're giving it away because they believe in globalism. All of this is planned. It's not random. This is just actually how bad the plan is, how anti-human, how anti-American this plan is. They can't even keep their own corrupt shit in order. This is a disaster for all of them. And their solution is to try to blame it on Trump again. How many levels of defeat do you have to suffer until your only remaining option becomes blame Trump and hope that the idiots keep believing it? That's where we're at right now on a number of issues. Joe Biden is nowhere to be found. They put out a picture of him yesterday, supposedly in this, you know, situation room at Camp David, sitting there by himself, very resolute as he watches the television. Oh, the clocks right above it are wrong. So either the clocks at Camp David are wrong or the White House comms team put this picture out that had been taken months ago. Not even a live picture of Joe Biden. And how are they showing him? Well, they're showing him by himself. Where is everyone else? Where'd they all go, Joe? Jen Psaki's out on vacation this week because she won't even answer for this idiot. That's where we are right now. The whole thing is crumbling before your eyes, Kami. How did it happen? No one could have predicted it, could they, Kami? You just wanted a return to normalcy.
You didn't want any more mean tweets. You didn't want to think about how bad Orange Man is all the time. Because that hurt your little commie brain. You had to hear about it every day on Instagram from the stupidest celebrities on earth. And you had to read it in your Apple News notifications from the Atlantic and the Daily Beast and the Washington Post and the New York Times. It was just too much. You just couldn't handle the emotions every night forcing yourself to be angry because Don Lemon and Rachel Maddow say so. What happened, Kami? Your plan was so good. I'm just going to go vote for Joe Biden and make all of it stop. Oh, these are the Donald Trump riots. Oh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump causes all the racism and the race problems in this country. It's not me continually voting for the Democrat Communist Party. The party legitimately of the KKK. That's not the problem. It's Donald Trump who's been there for four years. You did this, commies. You did it. You voted for communism. You voted for Nazism. You voted for corruption. You voted for compromise. You did it, commies. And if you realize that, well, hey, just admit it. Come back. Make your amends. Apologize to all the people you've been terrible to. And we'll welcome you back to America. And if that's what you want to do, hey, maybe you're a redeemable communist. And with that, I would love to extend a warm Monday high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, commies! Are you figuring it out, commies? Are you ready to come on in? Are you ready to immigrate back to America? All you got to do is relinquish all the very stupid and evil communist ideas you have rattling around in your little commie child brains to the point where you think, oh, huh, is that snakes in my head? Are there snakes? No, commie. Those are just all your bad ideas crashing into one another because they have no direction. You don't even know where they go. But on the bright side, all of us will welcome you right back to America because you see, the thing is, commies, we don't want the division. I mean, we're Happy to deal with it if that's what you all want. But we're not trying to reject anyone from society. In fact, we are trying to welcome people back to America. America's not changing, though. America is not going to be the little communist utopia you think of in your head. Because there is no such thing as a communist utopia. There's no such thing as a utopia. Not on this earth. And you'd all be better off. If you just accepted that and just accepted that there are actual evils in the world and that no one can prevent all of them and that no one is helped at all by you commies pretending that if you just say all the right things that the television tells you to say, everything will be just perfect. You don't need to lift a finger. You don't need to know anything. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to be competent anything all you need to do is repeat the slogans and everything will be just fine but that's not how it works commies now i'm going to get to all of the cyber symposium the post symposium developments that have happened over the last few days in a minute before that though i want to talk about these this document 
that General Flynn dropped on Telegram yesterday. The link he posted is to the Washington Post site, actually, and some documents that they have, uh, the Afghanistan papers. Now, the particular document is an interview that Michael Flynn did. I should say it's a transcript of an interview that Michael Flynn did with uh, the office of the special inspector general for Afghanistan reconstruction. All right. S-I-G-A-R. Okay. And in these documents, Michael Flynn talks about the state of affairs on the ground in Afghanistan and how it's been over, you know, the 19 plus years we've been there. Okay. So this interview was from uh, November 10th, 2015. All right. So this is before Donald Trump was ever president. This is during Obama's term. This is before Michael Flynn became a conspiracy theorist. All right. In the introduction to this document, he writes two things that I want to point out. Okay. One of them, never mind not accomplishing our mission, but the severity of corruption in our own system, I think, is just unbelievable. The waste that I saw is unbelievable. You just sit there and go, you have got to be kidding me. Why did we do this? Okay. And then at the end of that same passage, he says, there is a machinery that is behind what we do, and it keeps us participating in the conflict because it generates wealth. It generates wealth all around and on both sides, all sides, because there are more than two sides. Okay. Right there. He is telling you his assessment of the situation on the ground in Afghanistan. That situation exists to enable and facilitate corruption on tons of different levels, right? Drug trade, arms trade, just money being passed back and forth so that people can make it look like their job is getting done so that they can enrich themselves so that they can uh, fulfill the needs of other actors outside of that circle who may be influencing them. This is just a quagmire of swampiness. Maybe that's redundant. <laughs> but the document is super interesting in terms of understanding what's been going on in Afghanistan and why someone like Michael Flynn, like Donald Trump, would want to get the country out of there and stop wasting American blood and treasure on that awful project. But the document is interesting for other reasons as well. And I'm extremely interested in the timing of the drop of this document. Maybe he's put it out there before. Maybe people in the community have discussed this before. Obviously, I've only been a member of this community or been looking into this stuff for a year and a half. So this is new information to me. Maybe people have seen it before, but Michael Flynn talks about how one of the problems that we're having in these situations is that the intelligence is so bad. And part of that is because the systems for delivering intelligence are, are bad. Part of it's that the systems have been corrupted because they're too interested in fulfilling personal goals and political goals. But part of it is that it's reliant on old systems of intelligence gathering and Michael Flynn is 
uh, describing the inadequacies of those systems. And this is really very interesting stuff. I'm going to skip around a little bit. So please go ahead and read this document on your own outside of this. It is in the info stream. I posted a couple of times. I posted some screenshots from it all on uh, Sunday, August 15th. That's t.me slash I'm your moderator. You can find it there. Okay. So I'm going to read some passages here because I think what he's saying is extremely relevant to the situation we find ourselves in now. I am probably going to make a lousy analogy here. First, the Intel system, every uh, component of it wants their Intel to be the golden nugget. NGA wants their analysis of their picture. So NGA can come in and say, we are the ones that solved the problem. We found bin Laden. The SIGINT system wants to come in and say it was our SIGINT system that found the guy. And that is why we were able to get the guy. Human wants to say we had the best human and he led us to the target. So that's signal intelligence and human intelligence, which means that they're either intercepting the signals of communication, right? That's SIGINT or they're speaking directly to intelligence sources. That's human, right? So each Part of the Intel community wants to be the part that does the best job, that gets the credit for everything, right? And he says, there is an absolute bias in the single ints, right? INTs. So Flynn's saying, there's an absolute bias in the single intelligence sources, the single varieties of intelligence sources. That we have, that is why I am a huge believer in the open world of information. That is beyond open source data. It is the open world of information. Okay. And now I'm going to skip down a little bit. He says, at the beginning of the war, 2002 through 2010, intelligence sources were where we got our intelligence because that was conventionally where we got it and everyone knew it. Facebook didn't come around till 2005 and Twitter was a sound. The information revolution has only occurred in the last 10 years. Again, he's talking from 2015 here, right? So he's talking about 2005 to 2015. If you want to stretch it, but really in the last five years. So that's 2010 to 2015. The war went on for a long time and in and ints, INTs, were where I was informed. I could also read a really good report out of R-A-N-D, C-S-I-S, or C-N-A-S. If I am switched on and really paying attention to open source back then, if I am reading a variety of things to include history, I could probably know a lot more than the intelligence community is going to tell me. The response from policymakers is always, what does the intel say? Remember, there is an inherent bias in the intel community because they want to get money, they want to exist, and they want to grow, right? So they need to be supplying intelligence so that they can justify their budgets and so that their organization grows. Back in 2002, we only used 20% of open source to inform us. I call this open world information now because if I can see where 1.8 billion people are trending on Twitter, that is pretty telling what is important in the world. I can go to my iPhone right now and see what is trending on Twitter for 1.8 billion people and what the mass quantity of those people are thinking. You can see the top 10 trends, just that, and never mind other social medium. So the intelligence system and the government system has not broken from this model of reliance on traditional intelligence sources for a majority of their information. Again, I call them enlightened commanders or enlightened leaders 
will it tend to use other things than their intelligence system? And I have been a part of it. As a J2 for many years, if my commander knew less than I knew about intelligence, then he was worthless. The best leaders, the best commanders that we have, the best chairman, the best secretaries of defense, the best presidents of the United States, if they don't have better intelligence than their heads of intelligence, then they are doing a disservice and they are being irresponsible in the jobs they are serving in. Got it? So he's saying it's actually the responsibility of the consumers of intelligence at high levels of the government and the military structure that they actually have a broad understanding outside of what the individual pieces of intelligence, the individual intelligence sources can tell them, right? They have to have a broad understanding of what's going on in the world so that they know where those little individual pieces of intelligence fit within the open world of information. Okay, so I really hope you guys will go read this. I think that this is a key document to read and understand, okay? It puts a lot of things in perspective. But I want to focus on this part right here, okay? The open world of information, right? With that in mind, I want to play this video that kind of, it's been... You know, it's gone through the information stream a bunch of times, but it recycled yesterday. It popped up. I think that uh, Pepe Deluxe on Telegram posted it. I'm going to play this for you. And this is Admiral Rogers and Michael Flynn talking about digital soldiers. Okay, so listen to this with the open world of information in the back of your mind. Again. We were both COCOM J2s, we were both JCS J2s, we both ended up becoming agency heads. Okay. Every time in every one of those positions, always speak for me, I was always glad to think to myself, I'm getting to do this with Mike Flynn. And in fact, I want to very publicly thank Mike Flynn, because I wouldn't be where I am today if he hadn't pushed um, to help me along in my career. I found myself, as we all do at points in our career, on the PACOM J2, I'm loving life in Honolulu, General McChrystal gets the call to go to Afghanistan, and the first thing he says is, Flynn, you've been at Chris's job as the JCSJ2, and you're going with me. And Flynn calls me in Honolulu and says, hey, Rogers, you need to go do this. And I'm going, we're in two ground wars. I'm a Navy guy, and I'm not really even an intel officer in the Navy. I'm a cryptologist. And Mike says, no, you're the guy who needs to go do this. And then he goes to Admiral Mullen, the then chairman, and he says, hey, Rogers is the guy you ought to hire. There was no doubt in my mind that I got that job because of Mike Flynn, because of the example that he set, because of the strategic thought, and because he is always about the men and women around him. It is never about him. It is always about the men and women that he partners with, that he serves with, that he leads. As we reflect about what just happened in this country, what just happened, we just went through a revolution. This is probably the biggest election in our nation's history since bringing on George Washington when he decided not to be a king. That's how important this is. You can compare this to Reagan, you can compare this to FDR, you can compare this to Teddy Roosevelt, you can compare this to Abraham Lincoln, but I'm telling you, there's no comparison. We have an army of digital soldiers. What we are now, what, what we call, I call them, because this was an insurgency, folks. This was run like an insurgency. This was irregular warfare at its finest in politics. The journalists that we have in our media 
did a disservice to themselves, actually more than they did to this country. They did a disservice to themselves because they displayed an arrogance that is unprecedented. And so the American people decided to take over the idea of information. They took over the idea of information and they did it through social media. The self-image of this workforce is that they are the digital warriors of the 21st century. They're, the way they look at themselves, hey, we're in the future, we're the cutting edge, we're doing something new, we are blazing a path. You can't, as a leader, you cannot underestimate the value of that. It, it is incredible. So I know that's a bit long and, you know, sorry about the music. I didn't select it, but you can hear them talking about the importance of an army of digital soldiers. All right. That is real. And this document that Michael Flynn, that General Flynn posted this weekend from 2015 is directly about this concept. He wants an army of digital soldiers because he's saying that traditional means of intelligence have failed. Okay. Open source intelligence is a real thing. Signals intelligence, human intelligence. How do you get that? Right. You have to actually get all these sources. But Instead of trying to have actual intelligence agents go in, form relationships, and then get intelligence from human sources, try to determine the credibility of the sources, and then the credibility of the intelligence, and then act on it, that's a process. We are actually everywhere, okay? And we are able to give human intelligence because we know people in the community. We can just ask them what they think. Their thoughts matter because people hear and see things. They understand things. They know what's happening in their own lives. If we are all sharing all of that data as fast as possible and as fast as we do, which is lightning fast, okay? We are faster than traditional intelligence sources. Michael Flynn was explaining what was going to happen in 2015. Do you really think that all of this is just an accident? And for, you know, the Q people out there, I've always said the same thing. Information among other information. Q doesn't require belief. The posts exist whether you believe in Q or not. I'm not even sure what believing in Q means. Okay, the posts exist. They don't require your belief. You can look at them and be like, yep, they exist. Like my car exists, too. I don't have to think about whether or not I believe in my car. It's just there. All that matters is whether or not my car is useful to me or not. And it turns out right now the battery's dead. So it's not useful. Doesn't matter whether it exists. I believe right now that it cannot get me where I want to go until I charge the battery. I don't know if I left the light on. Don't know if I left the door open. Don't know what happened at all. All I know is it didn't turn on this morning. But understanding that the Q posts exist and that they are providing information somehow is not the same as believing that Hillary Clinton is a satanic 
pedophile who eats children. Now, she might be. There are some reasons to think that's possible, but I haven't seen the evidence, so I don't focus on that information. And by the way, that information is believed by the community. It's not in the Q posts. So it's just whether or not you agree with another person's interpretation of the world. That's all it means to believe in that. It's not something that you can show to be true or false at this point. So that's a claim that would require belief. And I personally don't think anyone can prove that enough for me to believe it. That's only my position, though. But the Q posts had information, okay? Anons started following the Q posts and trying to figure out what all that information means. And in doing that, they compiled all of the intelligence that they could find from all possible sources. They put it on the boards. It was analyzed by tens or hundreds or thousands of people. The free market of information did exactly what it is supposed to do, okay? The best information rose to the top. The worst information sank to the bottom. Different people with different levels of discernment decided what they would take away from it. But the information ultimately was analyzed and refined over time. So that it actually provided really good intelligence about all sorts of issues. There's a reason why almost everyone on our side knows more about figures they've never heard of, like Gina Haspel, for instance, or pick anyone, right? We know more about those people than they know about the guy they voted to make president. That is how bad the media has been to them. They aren't actually gathering intelligence in the world to make their own decisions, even in their own lives. Okay. They're allowing their own children to be forced vaccinated and to be forced to wear masks. Even though those things are killing their children, they allow it because their Intel is so bad. All right. They rely on the television and they reject anything that is not on the television, even when their own children's lives are at stake. Okay, And so think about what Michael Flynn is saying. He's saying that the open world of information is the best intelligence. Now, again, I'm not saying that this is military intelligence. I'm talking about the method of gaining the intelligence for us as a population. This is the best that we can do at this point in time. And it's very, very, very effective. It has always been very, very, very effective. And if you accept that we are in that we are in an information war, and I don't know how anyone could possibly deny that at this point, but if you accept that we're in an information war, how do you win that? Okay. You win that by recruiting and training a massive army of digital soldiers. And what has Michael Flynn done? What has he done? 
There are millions and millions and millions of us on top of this stuff every single day trying to figure out what is going on, what the truth is, and then communicating that truth so that the entire community understands and so that they can spread that information. What would we have done in the face of the coronavirus if all we had was the news media? We would have already been dominated and controlled. They would have won. But instead, look where we are. The fake administration is collapsing before our eyes. We are days or weeks away from proving election fraud to the world. By the way, notice I'm not saying proving election fraud because we did that a very long time ago. Proving it to the general public, that's the issue. And that's why this stuff takes a long time. Because we're talking about getting these people out of their habits that they've learned on how to acquire information. We need to get them out of that. We need to say to them, no, I know you believe that if it was important, it would be on the television news. Sorry, that's not how it works. Okay, Kami? I know you still have that little child brain and it's hard in there to understand adult issues, but you can't just use the TV. Okay. Right now, Kami, you're in a life or death situation and so is your family and you are choosing death because you're lazy and you don't want to believe you were wrong. That's what this show has been about the entire time, the entire time. People have got to snap out of this stuff. All right. There is other information out there. Michael Flynn and whoever else, by the way, obviously I don't know the entire roster of characters, but they have built an army of digital soldiers compiling intelligence, going through all this. Now consider, right? China, deep state, global communism, however you want to line it up, however you want to describe it and label it. These people are engaged in an information war with us, right? All the smartest people in the world, all the best tech, blah, 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 blah. They're in an information war with us. How are they supposed to win? They don't even have have an army they have no army right they have like missiles that's the media and they have a bunch of commanders their commanders are all idiots and have terrible intelligence they think that they just have the best missiles so they can beat us but they don't have an army they don't have an army because they close down the lines of communication okay open world information can only exist with the free flow of information If you're able to stop the flow of information, then the open world of information collapses. So there is nobody on their side who's able to do this job. And of course, they're not telling the truth. So even if they had that army, what could it do? Michael Flynn himself has said that the American people are the plan. The people are the plan. So we not only have an army of tens of millions 
of American digital soldiers. We also have digital soldiers around the world who are trying to take back their countries and they are helping us with the open world information that we use. That is a massive army of digital soldiers on the right side of an information war against an enemy that never built an army of digital soldiers. I know you can think this is kind of out there, right? This sounds like the sort of things that the conspiracy theorists say. All right. Tell me where it's wrong. Okay. You can say that it sounds conspiratorial. It sounds crazy. Show me where it's wrong. Show me how it's wrong. This is actually what we are witnessing happen in real time. And Michael Flynn is telling us about it. Admiral Rogers is telling us about it. Who do you think they're talking about? It's the American people figuring all of this stuff out and making sure that everyone knows it so that we can all have good intel and be able to respond to the fake news media and these ridiculous events. We right now have rhinos and Romneys like Dan Crenshaw trying to say that this stuff is that the Afghanistan thing is Trump's fault and that we need to go back in. Hey, Dan, everyone can see you. You're John McCain in an eye patch. You want forever war because you are corrupt. Everyone sees you. It's funny. Most of us could tell that Dan Crenshaw was a Romney uh, after the Republican National Convention, after his speech, where he didn't really give any praise for Donald Trump whatsoever. It was pretty obvious who Dan Crenshaw was. It should be crystal clear at this point, while he's still denying election fraud and in favor of endless war in the Middle East, American blood and treasure just draining out of our country because people like Dan Crenshaw think they have good ideas about foreign policy. Well, hey, Dan, if it was such a good idea, why have we been there for 19 years? Where would we be without this army of digital soldiers giving everyone the proper information so that we can act properly in our lives? We would have all just ended up submitting. I mean, maybe there would have been 10% of the people out there, you know, who were finding themselves not listened to by anybody because the cultural noise would drown them out. That's where they've been for the last, you know, 25, 30 years, 50 years, 60 years, whatever it is, right? But now they can't be silenced because there's too many people who understand all this information. It shoots around the internet at light speed. We can figure something out in hours that used to be a media narrative for weeks or months like look what happened to their ridiculous one six commission a couple of corrupt policemen came to congress and cried and adam kinzinger and adam schiff cried back to them and they thought they thought that was going to make all of us shut up. 
The media was just going to hammer that the whole time. Oh, it's a very violent insurrection. There could be another very violent insurrection. We better censor them more. Why are we censored? Why are we censored? It's only because we're telling the truth. If you haven't gotten censored, then you're not a very effective communicator. All right. Speaking of battlefields, by the way, Michael Flynn also said yesterday that everyone should leave Twitter. Take it for what you want. Maybe he's just being hyperbolic. Or maybe you don't have the excuse that you stay on legacy social media anymore because General Flynn said so. I have always believed that legacy social media should be left behind. And if I disagree with General Flynn about that, I'm sure he has an excellent argument for it. And maybe I'll be like, okay, you got me. I was wrong. Totally possible. Also possible that if you are on legacy social media for your likes and your attention and maybe your monetization and you're not getting kicked off there, then you're not over the target and no one's seeing it anyway. They will delete your followers if you have a chance of convincing them. They'll show your content to people who will haze you all day and be terrible to you so that you'll eventually want to shut up. It'll become such a toxic environment for you that you'll feel bad anytime you mention politics on there. So what battlefield are you on? Just tell everybody, be honest, that you like being on Instagram because you like the likes. Okay, that's it. We're good. But they censor because the things we say are the truth. Okay, they don't want that out there. The only thing they have left is censorship. And that doesn't even work because we beat them there, too. So, you know, no one knows what exactly Q is, right? No one knows for sure. But I can tell you that despite whatever it is, it did help. It was extremely effective in building up an army of digital soldiers who are able to scour the internet for intelligence of all varieties, analyze and refine that information, and then get it out to the public. That is pretty damn impressive if you ask me. And if you want some sort of rooted Q proof, I'm not into Q proofs. I don't know if they mean what the people say they mean or not. I find some of them intensely interesting because the entire thing is very interesting to me. But I don't know if it's true or not, right? That's not for me to say. I do know that those people, the Anons, have created a wealth of information like the world has never seen. And I am in absolute awe of that. And it sounds to me an awful lot like General Flynn knew this was possible and knew that it was necessary a long time ago. Okay. Now I just want to, before I go, I didn't expect all that to take so long, but I want to talk about this PCAP stuff because, you know, by the end of last week, a narrative started circling that the PCAPs were somehow fake and that Lindell had potentially embarrassed the entire movement. Now that's one of the Narratives. There was another narrative that started that the PCAPs were fake, but that they were always a 
uh, like a distraction or a honeypot or a misdirection play. Now, neither of those narratives are true, but they both spread like wildfire for different reasons. Okay, now the first narrative that the PCAPs were fake and that Lindell had embarrassed the movement that started with Larry Johnson, who is a CIA shill putting out articles and he's attacked a bunch of people by uh by the way he's attacked lynn wood he's attacked like the ryan dark white character and he's attacked dennis montgomery because that's what cia shills do right they are supposed to be mostly believable to us but still lead us down the wrong path and that's what he has done to a great portion of the community now there's people out there like Brian Cates, who I said, I think, does a good job about some subjects, but swung and missed on this one. He trusted that Larry Johnson narrative. He believed that Dennis Montgomery was some sort of, uh, I don't know, known fraudster. That's what everybody was saying, or con man. And so the data somehow couldn't be true. The data is either true or not true. Doesn't matter who gave it to you. It really doesn't. Like if someone gave you $20,000 and you were like, hey, I got $20,000 right now. And someone said, yeah, but you know, that person that gave it to you is a real jerk. Be like, uh, are the, are the $20,000 real? If the $20,000 are real, doesn't really matter whether or not you like the person that gave it to you. Same thing with this data. No matter what Larry Johnson says about Dennis Montgomery, that doesn't make the data fake. And the idea that people think, oh, it, well, it'll be inadmissible because of Dennis Montgomery. Uh, okay. Can I just uh, see your JD before I believe you? I know you're saying something that sounds very Matlock, but I'm going to go ahead and just think instead of taking your word for it. How about that, Matlock? Is that cool? So real data that shows real foreign interference and a real flip of the election is going to be ignored, ignored because it's from Dennis Montgomery. And so we should all worry very, very much. Oh, you got to be very, very worried about that. Got to be very, very worried about that Dennis Montgomery data, even if it's true. <laughs> so Brian Cates goes on and repeats this. And then a bunch of people. And I'm sure that this is true. I can't prove it, but rationally, it almost has to be true that this guy, Josh Merritt, is talking to a bunch of people in the community that are, you know, and I'm not trying to call them out, by the way. I respect a lot of these people. You know, it's very hard to have this conversation in a truthful way because I'm not trying to slight these people in any way. You know, but a lot of the we, the media, the Q influencer people, they all accepted the Larry Johnson thing and they all accepted the Brian Cates thing because Brian Cates seems like he's more of like the traditional reporter style and not so much a Q guy, you know, like he has a, a different sort of gravitas within that community, but he also happened to be wrong. And these people amplified that wrong view all over the internet. And it was all based on false assumptions. A, from Larry Johnson, and then B, from the idea that everyone could expect to have some set-in-stone answer by the end of the cyber symposium, that people could actually, actually analyze all that data fast enough to get the $5 million. But that was never going to happen, and I explained that on the podcast on Thursday, okay? The data itself takes four to six weeks to analyze. 
according to Phil Waldron. And even longer, if you listen to what Lindell says, because Lindell was out talking about all of this today. Okay, so I'm not divulging anything. I'm not saying that I have special information on this stuff. A lot of this stuff was pretty obvious from publicly available information. But what people wanted to do was figure out a way that things could still be okay, even though we didn't get the PCAP answer, because they still thought that the PCAP answer was possible over that time. And if you still think it's possible, even after being told it would take four to six weeks, you know, at that point, what are you supposed to say to somebody who believes that? It doesn't make sense. You don't need to come up with elaborate theories like this uh, Phil Godlewski guy did. And I guess that he brought his elaborate theory back around to like figure out how it was good and it would all go to court and blah, blah, blah. But like he's still starting on factually wrong premises. So he might end up right in the end, but all the stuff about the PCAPs is wrong. But that got spread way out there. The idea that the PCAPs were wrong and that Lindell was harming the movement, that got way out there because that was Josh Merritt's take. And what people are going to find out about Josh Merritt is that even though he was hired to be on the red team, he believed that he could go in and prove that the PCAPs were fake and then he would get the $5 million. That was not his job, okay? It is important to understand that there are three distinct groups in the cyber world surrounding the symposium. All right. The first group is Mike Lindell's cyber team. These are the people who have been handling the data for months and months and months and months and months. And Lindell said today that he has multiple sources, four or five sources, and that one of them is Dennis Montgomery. But it doesn't matter. What do you think about Dennis Montgomery? Because the information is the information. And he's totally right about that. So the second group of people is the red team that he hired. And I talked about the red team stuff on the podcast from Thursday. This guy, Josh Merritt, who goes by Spider, I guess. He was on that red team. All right. The red team's job was not to try to win the $5 million. That was not their job. And they weren't even eligible for it. But that's what he thought he could do. He thought he could make it so that he could win the $5 million. And you know what? $5 million is a hell of a lot of money. But the third group were the cyber experts that came there to get the data and analyze the data. And if they could prove that it wasn't from the November 3rd election, then they could win the $5 million. That hasn't happened yet. Three distinct groups of people, okay? Josh Merritt was in the second group. He was never eligible for the $5 million, but you're going to find out that that's exactly what he thought he could do. He thought he could get it because he thought Lindell was a clown and his wife thought Lindell was a clown. They all just figured that Lindell was crazy. Lindell was stupid. Lindell had definitely got tricked by Dennis Montgomery and Josh Merritt was going to go in there and be a hero and prove that the data was false. Well, Lindell's now putting out recordings of Josh Merritt talking about all of this, and he's going to put out another one this evening. And I think what you're going to hear is 
Josh Merritt admitting all of this because he had the wrong idea about all of it. And, you know, maybe he made an honest mistake at some point in the process. But right now he is exposing himself as a liar and a fraud. And I am feeling very confident in saying that if I turn out wrong, I will own it and come here and be like, you know what? I got that one wrong. I am almost certain that I am right because I also met the dude and he immediately seemed to me like a liar, like a braggart. And that's what you're going to hear on the Lindell recording. It's crystal clear that he was the one leaking to the media. I mean, there may have been others, but he was definitely doing that. In fact, on the second day of the cyber symposium, I saw him outside having these conversations with these media figures. And, you know, he just wants to be the center of attention and the big star. And if you're trying to get $5 million from Mike Lindell, well, one good way of going about that is to convince all the media that Lindell is a fraud and then put all the public pressure on Lindell to have to pay this guy because he's the one that proved it. And how much would the media love to have one of the cyber people in there giving them all the inside information about how, how all the PCAPs and everything are fake? Well, hey, media, you failed again. Gosh, what a shocker. You guys didn't do your homework to find out what Josh Merritt's role was, how much of the data he had actually seen, whether or not he could analyze that data. You just believed whatever he said because he was inside and you weren't right. He was the inner circle. He's the perfect source. And, you know, I'm imagining I don't know this for sure, but I imagine that's probably who Brian Cates talked to, too. So what we have is this seed of doubt planted by a CIA shill named Larry Johnson. OK, then enough people believe that that doubt is legitimate because of how Larry Johnson describes it in the articles he was publishing on the Gateway Pundit. And people believe that. So it biases them toward thinking that the PCAPs are definitely fake. And so when they finally run into a bad actor like Josh Merritt, he confirms their original bias that they got from CIA show Larry Johnson. And they go with that. Okay. And then Josh Merritt actually seems more trustworthy because he's saying the thing they already believe. All right. Now, David Clements, the professor, he came out in favor of Josh Merritt on, I believe, Thursday night. And I said, he's wrong on Telegram. I was like, yeah, he's just got this one wrong. I think the professor's a great man, but he's got this one wrong. Last night, he came out and said, hey, I made a mistake. And he didn't go too into the details because it wasn't necessary. You're either following along and you know what he's talking about or you don't. But that's what he was talking about. It has to be. And why would David Clements say that? Well, David Clements ended up flying with Mike Lindell to Bedminster, where they met with the actual real life president of the United States of America, Donald Trump. All right. Right there. OK, that fact alone should tell everybody. That Mike Lindell did not mess up, okay? Mike Lindell did not take PCAPs and fail and now is going to live a life of shame and embarrassment because he hurt the election integrity movement. That didn't happen, all right? 
So all the people that spent three or four or five days making up those theories, basing them all on bad information, they got it wrong. All right. And again, not trying to blame anybody, not trying to call anybody out, but it is important to actually think about the entire situation in a holistic way rather than trust that you have some secret source because you know the right influencers in the group. Influencers are influencers, okay? They like to get likes. They like to get attention. They like to say things that will get reposted. And some of them, by the way, are very good and very responsible. Again, not talking shit, but there's some of them out there who are more concerned with the whole mystery and the game of the Q thing and trying to say very Q things so they get very Q reposts than they are about getting the story right. And that, my friends, is a problem because you got to keep your eyes on the prize. The prize is getting rid of all this corruption in our country and getting the proper president put back in, reversing this stolen election, and then trying to fix all the problems that this idiot pretender is creating. All right. And if you take that, your eyes off that prize, because you're worried about likes and clicks and followers, that's no good. So Lindell and David Clements go straight to Bedminster to visit with the president straight from South Dakota. At that point, you seeing that Lindell and Clements are there. It's time to immediately let go of all of these bad ideas that have been disseminated. Lindell didn't mess up. What could be more obvious than Lindell did not mess up? You don't go get to see Donald Trump with a smile on your face if you went out and screwed up the election integrity movement, do you? Okay? It is a ridiculous notion. Lindell is out there. He was on War Room today explaining this. I would encourage everyone to go listen to that. He did some more on Frank's speech, and he's going to be putting out these Josh Merritt recordings this evening, and everybody's going to be able to hear it for themselves. The Cyber Symposium was a massive success, okay? Despite the hiccups, despite the delays, despite hundreds of thousands of of cyber attacks that they fended off despite Mike Lindell being physically attacked, despite the secretary of state of Colorado trying to undermine Tina, Tina Peters. And despite all the other crap, despite all of it, the cyber symposium was a great success. And if Lindell and Clements taking pictures at Bedminster, smiling, looking confident and calm. If that doesn't convince you, I don't know what will. Watching any one of those cyber symposium videos should show people clearly the state of play here. The election was absolutely stolen. The evidence is overwhelming, and it has been the entire time. The Arizona audit report is going to be released next week. That's the report. That's what we're getting right now. The Biden administration, this fake regime, is imploding before our eyes. 
All of this stuff is coming to a head. All right. And here's the result. We win. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!